So, but friends. So, <laughs> um. Well, I guess for now is. Hi guys, mabuhay. Kumusta kayo, ami mga kakabsat gagayam? My name is Chachi Abara, your host to reclaiming Filipinos' identity, with the intention of sharing stories with our Filipino Americans in Hawaii. Today on season two, episode four. I have the pleasure and honor of interviewing an amazing person who I met through mutual friends and a post on Facebook. Yes, the amazing Facebook. He is a third-year student at UH Mano, currently studying political science with a minor in Filipino language studies. He grew up here. In the beautiful Oahu, his parents both came from the Philippines. Mom from the Marikina city, and his dad from San Andres Bukid. They raised him to never forget about his heritage, and hopefully, well enough to pass it on to the next generation. He is second generation. Gender pronouns is he, and his profession is an office manager. Today on reclaiming Filipinx identity, I welcome you to the podcast, Renell Reyes. You is in your own words. Who is Ronel Reyes, and what do you do? I'd like to say hardworking, driven. Sometimes go with the flow. It just depends. I can be really versatile with a lot of stuff I do. Hard in what I try to find interest in, and usually that is politics. I guess like a big part of my, a big part of who I am is basically politics. Like whether the American politics, even I'm trying to get into Philippine politics, world politics, the refugee crisis, like stuff like that is what I'm really into. I think it's important for me, like, you know, right now, like that I embrace who I am as, you know, like a Filipino or even a Philam, like as much as I, <laughs> as much as like being a Philam can be like kind of like stereotypical or whatever, like, I mean, I'll make the most out of it and I'll try to learn what I can in terms of our So I would really like to know more about your upbringing and how it made you to be who you are today. Well, I guess like my parents, basically, especially my mother, she instilled hard work will always pay off regardless of what you do. It's not about like how much you see value into it. It's basically you work hard in anything you do with like your life, whether it be like working at a like whatever store or whatever job, whatever assignment, like. Sometimes I will admit I don't do that, like especially with homework and especially with like you know this COVID nineteen thing, like kind of <laughs> kind of killed my vibe. But it's basically the way I was brought up was work hard in what you do and be humble always. And I think that's what really made me who I am today. I, my work ethic is a lot more different. I like structure, I like rigor, and I like working hard a lot more as opposed to like other people who you know would like to like cruise. And there's nothing wrong with that, but. For me, my mom always taught me work hard in what you do. Always have a plan. There's like a Filipino word that called um, "descarte." I don't, I don't know if you know what that means. But for my mom and I, she was like, "If you don't have descarte, then what kind of quality of life would you have?" So yeah, that's how that's how I was brought up. If you don't have descarte, if you don't have that plan, and you don't have a drive to do something to work towards something, it doesn't have to be like a career goal, but it'd be like you know self development or anything like that, making a difference in the world, like. If you don't have this character towards that goal, then my mom would feel like, "What kind of life would that be in the end?" Like you, you come up with that conclusion. You can say what you want, what you want about it, but what kind of life would that be if you aren't working hard? Yeah. 
I like um, so growing up have you personally struggled with fully embracing your cultural identity like I know that you are very passionate about what you do and what made you who you are is through your parents upbringing but growing up have you been like personally struggling like trying to understand your mm-hmm. Filipino yeah I, I'd like to think so but um I wouldn't say my struggle was as you know severe as people who came from the Philippines directly and then emigrated into Hawaii and then they were thrown into the American school system and they had they had like a legitimate crisis like for me it was just oh do I want to talk Tagalog do I want to bust out my adobo on the on the middle of the like like the lunch table and like get made fun of or something like that like there was points in my life where I was like am I really Filipino or am I like I'm I guess like American and I would it would even be like subtle things like oh I don't want Filipino ketchup I don't want the banana sauce I want Heinz and I it would be like subtle stuff like that that would like like now that I think about it I was that sort of like that was like my minor conflict in like identity um it wasn't so much of like a struggle for me I guess it's like something I just pushed off to the side because I didn't really think about it as much when I was a kid because you know when when you're a kid, you just want to goof off all the time. You just want to like have fun. But I think about it now, and I like my identity crisis was like mm-hmm. I always understood the dollars, but I never used it outside unless I was at home. Like going back to like the whole compartmentalizing thing. At home, I'd be really like the I'd talk the I'd listen to Filipino music, I'd eat Filipino food. But then when it came to like going outside, and a lot of my friends were like. East Asian as opposed to Southeast Asian. So like, oh, we go get sushi or like we eat with chopsticks and never with our hands. And then we wouldn't, really, I wouldn't really talk about like my Filipino stuff. I'd talk more to them about like Japanese culture since that's what's here in Hawaii and that's what everyone knows basically. Yeah, so that was my crisis. Hey, um, how do you see yourself with your cultural identity? How do you... Because you mentioned it on the last question that about your in-between, especially with American and Filipino. Mm-hmm. So with that, like, yeah. it, so can you, I guess, more elaborate in that point? Yeah, okay, for sure. Um, I guess for me, like, how I was saying I was in-between because, you know, when you not to like crap on America but but for me like you know when you go out and you're in a different country and then you say you're American they're like oh yikes or like oh that's so cool but like but I like when I went to Japan I would I said oh I'm from America once and then I got like probably like a ooh reaction and I was like oh no okay I'll never say that again I was like from then on I always say like oh I'm from Hawaii or whatever and then that's when I realized like I realized that saying you're American has a lot of not laws or anything, but I don't like the reputation America has. And it's not my responsibility to like improve that. That's why I like to go more off of like, oh, I'm Filipino, I'm from Hawaii. I don't like to claim that I'm American because, you know, America's past is kind of brutal. And right now we're not the hottest country in the world. I like to say that for my cultural identity, I'm trying to embrace my Filipino side more than I was my American when I was a child. Um, like I'm going back more into the language. I'm studying it in college. I'm taking different courses throughout college. Um, my friends and I, we, we talk Tagalog to each other a lot. 
mm, I don't want to say like, oh, we washed your seat. Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm just I'm trying my best to improve like what I lack as like in terms of understanding what it truly means to be a Filipino. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when it comes to language, food, culture, tradition, even like the subtle things like when you understand like a man comes out and yells the whole. Like it's trying to understand what my parents went through and what their parents went through because of, like, you know, my lifestyle is a lot more different because I grew up in Hawaii and I'm trying my best to understand what it truly means to be a Filipino, even what living here, if that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I actually was having a conversation with my coworker um, yesterday and it was about, um, I'm, uh, she was mentioning traveling um, around the country and I asked her, um, would you, would you stay in Hawaii? And she said, honestly, no, it's not because it's expensive, but it's because she wants to go around and see more of the world. And the topic of, um, I guess the topic of um, America is not really as amazing as what our ancestors kind of like tell us it is. Like they say that America is great. America is beautiful. But when you get here, it's like, America is not really the greatest country in the world. Like going to Asia, going to Australia, um, any other countries out there, it's more beautiful in uh, compared to America. And it's kind of like I just wanna one thing like I wanna research is like why our ancestors say that America is so beautiful, but when you come here, it's not as spectacular as you think it is. Like anywhere, anywhere other than America is beautiful, and it's like. We're kind of like brainwashed to think that America is great mm-hmm. when America has bigger problems yeah. that was ha- that was hidden from us, and it's like that. America needs to like really own up to its mistakes because it's telling people mm-hmm. they're great when they're not really. Like it's kind of like the saying like it's hey, not really true. Yeah, yeah, no, you- I totally get that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a so, good topic. I like. So sorry, that was so ten. That went off ten. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually, yeah. I like, I every time I go out like into Japan, and they're like, "Oh, we from Hawaii, <laughs> not America, <laughs> Hawaii, <laughs> mainland." It's not really like the biggest black, especially like yeah, going back to like the old, like Filipinos think America like Golden Streets and cash for luxuries or. The land of opportunity. Kinakailangan ko ba ang edukasyon Amerikano para maging matagumpay sa buhay? Ano ba ang meron sa edukasyon Amerikano na wala ang edukasyon Filipino? So in brief summary, what I asked in Tagalog was, do I need American education to be successful or do I just need Philippine education? Like, for my opinion, like, I think yung... American education system is much more to like this is what my parents always thought and what a lot of my cousins stuff you know what they think is that because say we're America we have we have the money we have the like that sense of like you know rigor like they think that it's a great system but for me I don't think that I think that the Philippines is a lot more rigorous <laughs> all honesty because yung yung mga courses nila yung nanay ko she told me that um, she took like 13 classes when she was a kid and then I told her I have 8 in high school and I was like 
why are you taking that many classes? Like, I'm chilling. <laughs> like, the sense of discipline from the Philippines is like a lot more respectable as opposed to like the American system where it's it's so liberated. It's you want to take an AP course, then sure, go for it. Like, no one's stopping you, but at the same time, no one's like trying to push you. But the Philippines, like, everyone is like that they have a different mentality that I think is a lot more effective and a lot more <clears throat> substantial for your life as opposed to the American system. Like I don't carry anything from high school. I'm learning like my character has been built off of what's what I've lived outside of high school. Like as opposed to the Philippines where I personally think that you could learn a lot more for how yourself, how to keep the society in a lot more significant ways. Yeah. You're definitely, definitely right. that's something that we continue need to educate from the people back home because a lot of people think that America's better, but it's not. You have to really continue to push that mm-hmm. country where you are is yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you see in media, because media can be corrupt. Yeah, it really can be, especially like when it comes to pushing American motives or like that American message, like. I was watching this one video. Uh, the interviewers were in the department at UH Manila. Basically, he showed us this video where the challenge was don't say one English word and talk for as long as you can without saying one English word. They said, like, at least one American word or like one Americanized word. And I think, like, that goes back to the whole history just ruining it all for them. American standards infiltrate what was the Philippines basically and, and now we're left with like you know Duterte um, schools in the Philippines teaching English as opposed to like the, the actual language itself and like they're trying to instill that they're trying to instill that American mindset which I, I think is personally kind of sad and I think I guess I guess I want to bring it to you but yeah. the entire ABS-CBN thing like what is your entire opinion on that? Personally, I don't know too much about it. I've heard multiple sides when my mom tried to explain to me investigated the entire thing. Um, and then that's what led to the shutdown because you know, that carried on for years. That's what I've heard from my mother. But my friends that I talk to tell me that um, because they have a, I don't know if it was a bias or trying to do it, you know, in light of the COVID crisis, uh, pandemic, not crisis, the COVID-19 pandemic, and that a lot of Filipinos rely on ABS-CBN, not just for teleseries, but like, you know, for like TV Patrol or like um, Balitang America or uh, all those other shows that are like vital that are on ABS-CBN. I don't think that they should have shut it down. <laughs> I think they should they should have worked something out because, you know, even right now there's 10,000 employees for ABS-CBN that had that source of income, but because they chose to shut it down at probably what, what could be arguably the worst time now they're left stranded and what what do they got next like i don't know why they chose to shut it down and i think it's unfortunate but mm-hmm. hopefully something happens to the entire thing um i was actually the same thinking the same as you but when my mm-hmm. my family kind of explained it and they were just like they deserved it because um this happened like um 10 years ago and they still hasn't resolved it. And it's because, and yeah. kind of agree it now that ABS-CBN can be a little bit biased. Being too Americanized, like if you watch mm-hmm. TFC, um, ABS, like it's very catered to think and be like an American. 
which is kind of sad mm-hmm. because you kind of stray away from like trying to be Filipino where instead yeah. you should be like an American and I guess that's the kind of the negative side to it is like they're not really pushing you to be a Filipino they're pushing you to like oh go to the US mm-hmm. you'll be better and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of that things yeah absolutely for sure no hate um, just how I see things like <laughs> in the political side and like just um, listening to what yeah family says about it because it's been going on for ages so and how they're kind of ABS is kind of like whitewashed to be more American as as opposed to see it like. yeah they can they really can be yeah you're right about that um so what does it mean for you to reclaim our Filipino identity um for reclaiming our Filipino identity that's kind of a big question because like there's a lot of answers to it but <clears throat> To reclaim your Filipino identity, for me, I think it means dropping all Philam stereotypes like whatsoever. So like, oh, you're Filipino if you sing Jeremy Passion's Lemonade, or like you're you're Filipino if you've gotten hit by your mother or father with a slipper or like a wooden spoon or something. Or like, oh, you're Filipino when you have like oh the the Last Supper and a big wooden spoon and fork hung in your house somewhere. Like, I think it's um you have to let go of that and like you know take a step back and talk to your parents and see like you know how did they grow up like because there's as if you're from if your parents came from the philippines or your family came from the philippines but there's filipino as it gets you want to try and understand what it was like to do go and grow up in the philippines like for me it's like talking to my parents about what they did in the philippines um where they grew up, what school was like for them, and then in the same time trying to pick up language, traditions, more than just like traditions like, oh, we go to midnight mass. Like it's like trying to like truly understand like different holidays within the Philippines. Like I always forget the name of it, but that that Holy Week section where like someone actually gets nailed to a cross. Like that's something you would never see in America, like because no one would have the gall to do that. But in the Philippines they, they do that because they're just that passionate. Um, like for learning language, tradition, food, more than just like, oh, balot, and like, oh, skinny buan. Like, it's like trying to learn how to cook it at the same time and understanding the significance and then eventually trying to form a bond between you, the food, your family, culture, tradition, like trying to tie it all together to make yourself more than just a fill on in the end. Oh, you kind of brought up a really good point um, when it comes to reclaiming our Filipino identity. It's not the stigma, it's not the stereotype, but it's through, it starts in our homes. It starts with asking questions like, mm-hmm. hey mom, can you tell me where we came from? Yeah, and even if it's, in, if it's not your parents, then I mean, like, go to the next person. Like, I don't know, your auntie, your uncle, your grandparents. Mm-hmm. Even for me, like, a lot of my friends that I talk to, they actually grew up in the Philippines. Like, oh, they, they lived that whole, that whole lifestyle that I was not deprived of but I just never experienced in the end but like my parents are they experienced it they my friends they experienced it so I'm just trying to learn what it was truly like to be a Filipino in the Philippines versus a Filipino in Hawaii part of the diaspora or trying to get myself out of the diaspora or at least separate myself from the diaspora so that I understand more as like as opposed to the rest of the diaspora so going back a little tracing to when he first started I started with the language actually like 
my mom would always talk to me in Tagalog. My grandma, when she was still living with us, she would always watch TFC. So I would, I would sit down and watch with her while I was doing like homework. I'd try and pick up words, and she'd try and teach me at the same time. Like, oh, when we're cooking, it would be like, oh, kamatis, oh, balang, sibuyasi. Like, even like the minor stuff. Like, that, I always want to start with the language because like, even my parents would be like. Like vital, you know, you know Tagalog, because like otherwise, you would have lost like a good portion of yourself to being an American. Well, for you, if you had an advice to tell yourself uh, when you were 12 years old, what would you say to yourself, and why? Mm, advice to myself, uh, <laughs> I would say. Don't be a wimp and go experience your culture. Don't think that just because all your friends are Asian or East Asian doesn't mean that like you should deprive yourself of being a Filipino just to fit in. Like trying to fit that box. You know, everyone is in Hawaii. Everyone eats sushi. Like basically East Asian, East Asian culture here. Ignore that and separate yourself from it, and then put yourself. With your family and your actual culture, and learn from that, as opposed to just trying to fit in. That's the advice I give to my youngest. Are you the only child in your family? I'm actually the youngest. Uh, my brother's. Oh my god, how old is my brother? My brother's 24. Mm. Are you Are you guys close? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say we're close. Like growing. Um, growing up, he wasn't actually always in my life, so he actually emigrated to the Philippines because we, long story short, my mom was in OFW, she had him in the Philippines, and she met my dad, had me, came to Hawaii, and then eventually we brought him on, or like brought him on, we brought him to Hawaii, so that, I met him when I was in the first, second grade, first or second grade, that's when I, that's when I met him, so it was rocky at first, but then like, because you know, kids always fight, and I was like I do tantrums a lot. He was, he wasn't exactly acclimated to who I was as a bratty ass child. But um, one, like when we grew up afterwards, it was a lot easier to click. So we're closer now than we were like as kids. Do you sometimes ask him um, to teach you about the culture? I actually, um, when I was younger, I did ask him a lot about the Philippines. Like, oh, what was it like? Did you, what did you do? Did you do this? Did you do that? Um, oh, what did you eat? But, like, eventually, I kind of just thought because he, he kind of Americanized himself. I mean, bro, he's, he's from the Philippines, so he knows Tagalog. He still talks Tagalog, but in the end, he's Americanized just like I am. Uh, the next generation who have yet to come will follow after mm. you i think i think that you shouldn't concern yourself trying to fit in i think you should really like you know if you want to bring that ethnic food to bunch then what's stopping you like i mean people are going to judge you but at the same time so what like what's the worst that could happen i think that <clears throat> the younger generation should really focus on themselves and trying to better themselves as opposed to trying to fit in like you see like there's a plethora of a bunch of trends that everyone is doing whether it's like TikTok, Snapchat, whatever like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of things that people are trying to do to fit in to get into the set guys of what it means to you know be here because otherwise you'll be like scrutinized and you say oh what are you living under a rock like don't get me wrong I'm one of those people that are like do you live under a rock or whatever but 
in no yeah. way or shape or form should you ever conform yourself to like <clears throat> conform yourself so bad that you lose track of who you are and what your roots are like i think it's important that you keep track of the older generation as you know as i'm gonna say annoying but like as different as they can be and as sometimes hard as they can talk to or understand i think it's important that you understand where you come from what your parents have done for you and what you can so where do you see yourself in 10 years i'd like to see myself practicing law somewhere <laughs> i'd I have no idea where yet. I don't know if I want to do it here in the mainland. Like, that part is, you know, still cloudy. I have no idea. But in the end, as long as I'm trying to help someone, like, whether it be through law, through advocacy, through, like, whatever it means, like, preferably law, that's what I'm interested in at the moment. But um, hopefully it's, in the end, as long as I'm helping someone out, that's what I'd like to see myself doing. Like, it could be anything, but as long as I'm helping someone out. And would that involve our Filipino community? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, <clears throat> working at the Capitol, like, I know three Filipino representatives. Like, like there's, I think there's only three to maybe five Filipinos. And there's a Philippine caucus, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but a lot of, like, a lot of people who hold power in Hawaii are Asians, or like East Asians. So you see like Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Like that, that building, the, the state capital building, out yeah. of three and five Filipinos, they're dominated by like Asians, like everywhere. <laughs> like just East Asians and, you know, colleagues that are there. I think it's going back to the whole Filipino thing. I mm-hmm. want there to be a representation of like Filipinos, like, I mean, yeah, it'll be one more Filipino on top of like the choke freaking Asians that are out there, or the East Asians that are out there. But I think it's important that we start stepping out, that we start, you know, bringing up like, oh, we're Filipino, like we're here and we're we're here to make noise, like you know, listen to what we have to say, like it's valid. And I, I think it's about time we start empowering who we are as Filipinos to make a difference. Not only for Filipinos, but like you know, for like society as as a whole. And I believe that we all we all have a part in creating yeah. representation, especially. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, like it, you know, it can't just be relied upon by like Filipinos like step up, run for office, or like whatever. But at the same time, it's <clears throat> who are in power yeah. recognizing that they have a like a socioeconomic like advantage as opposed to like Filipinos, Native Hawaiian, Micronesians, like anyone who's below the East Asians. <laughs> Like, East Asians have to realize that, East Asians, white people, they have to realize that they have a lot of power in the end. And that because of history, because of what they've done, they got to the top. And the rest of us are like, you know, we're not fighting for crumbs, but I mean, we're just at a, like, a little disadvantage because of history, the past, the plantation era, um, colonization, like just everything that it's time that they realize you know, like, make way, <laughs> make way for the Filipinos. I agree on that yeah. in so many levels, especially because I feel like as Filipino community undergo, underwent a lot of, a lot of stuff that many of our Asian community also went through. And because mm-hmm. Filipinos can be mistaken as Asian, Latinos, Blacks, 
and we we mm-hmm. we we can be mistaken to go through so many things, but it's because of that stereotypes that people put on us and that kind of the burdens mm-hmm. our representation as a whole. So, right, right, absolutely. And that's I a, that's a very good point, honestly. And I feel like that's the importance of like doing census, especially. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> like the census. Is so... I hope you guys filled it out. A lot of people think that the census is like. I know, like some people are like the government's gonna have my data. They already have your data. You mm-hmm. might as well just go and submit it and like what's said on the census is confidential like don't lock it up don't ever access it there's no questions like parading your immigration status it's just for money <laughs> and to redraw just district line of course but in the end it's all, it's all about money as capitalistic as it sounds and if you're concerned with your identity so much you're on social media and anyone can yeah like <laughs> A lot of people, like, you can get easily Googled on the internet. Like, <laughs> oh, I cannot say the same. Oh my God, I can, <laughs> I can switch that. <laughs> oh, shoot. To end this off. Okay. But, last, second to the last question, what is your favorite Filipino dish? Mm, okay, <laughs> this is easy. I think my favorite Filipino dish is actually lie. Or, like, not any. It has to be my mom's, because I'm really particular in how it's made. Mm-hmm. Like, she makes it a super particular way. She has, like, she puts in this dry fish that she got from the Philippines. Um, the way she prepares it is really different, too. But I would say my favorite Filipino dish is my mother's lying. For those who may not be familiar with what lying is, could you, like, explain what it is? Lying is basically, well, you could put whatever you want, but, like, it's basically coconut milk and then um, taro leaves, basically. But, like, not the entire leaf. You peel off the actual, like, fiber of the leaf away from the stem. And then you dry that out. And then you throw it in, like, coconut milk and coconut cream and, like, pork. Um, we make ours super spicy, so we throw in, like, a thousand chilies. Um, or, like, the red pepper, the small little red pepper kind. Um, and then you basically just let it, like, stew. And that's like the bomb.com <laughs> it, that's my favorite dish ever that kind of reminds me of the Hawaiian lao lao uh, a lot of people think it's like when it comes out of my like the freaking pot they're like is that squid like, no it's not try it and then you'll like you'll be surprised what it is <laughs> it's like the dead opposite like, yeah. it's not the dead opposite but it's very different mm-hmm. uh, what you were describing and I'm just like I want to taste it again Cause it's really good. I kind of agree with you yeah. on that. But yeah. So, that last we're question. making some now. We're driving. We're drying up the leaves. Oh. <laughs> so, last question before we sign off. What is your favorite Filipino word? My favorite Filipino word would have to be going back to the beginning. Yeah. Discard like, I think that's my favorite word. Like it was instilled within me when I was a kid. It's still being instilled within me now. Like, it's still up for discussion as to how much a person could have and what it can do. So I think, like, the impact of that word is what makes it so pivotal for me. And in the end, my favorite. I kind of, um, because I was so curious, I had to, like, Google what discarte means and its strategy. Mm-hmm. It's strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's the, like, it, when you're translating it, that's the roughest thing. Like, it's strategy of what you have, what you want to do. But I'm like, 
the connotations of it, like the deeper meaning is like, do you have that willpower to do it? It's like, it's like a lot of proceeding or like, um, it's a lot of questions to follow up with that strategy. That's what my mom told me when I, like, when I first heard it, I was like, strategy? <laughs> it's like, it's more than that, a knuckle, like, you have to do more. Mm-hmm. It's more than just strategy. Having that willpower in the end. But yeah. Well, I really enjoyed getting to know you and talking stories with you and actually going more with the, with our, getting to know you a lot. Um, yeah, it's, it was really yeah. great. Great talk. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. This was actually fun. I've never had this like experience before, especially when talking to talk about Philippine culture. So, <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity. No problems. And honestly, um, turning the script around, do you have any questions for me? Um. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite Filipino word? My favorite Filipino word is. Um, it's the same translation but no not translation same pronunciation but different so my favorite filipino word is maarte i don't know (laughs) oh Oh my god (laughs) it's a fun word i love i love calling my aunties it's maarte because um go i guess growing up i would always hear that when i was little um my mom would say stop being maarte and just do things um, don't be so picky true, yeah. with anything that you do in life. Everything has their own. This, if you have your own, like I'm gonna go back to what you said, willpower to do anything, you can be successful. Yeah, oh my god, I love that. <laughs> oh, I love how you you paired it. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> and then your favorite Filipino dish. Favorite Filipino dish would have to be. Oh my god! What? <laughs> no, really? Ampalaya. Yeah. Ampalaya, yeah, talaga. No, because I never liked it when I was little, but now that I'm getting older, it's becoming my favorite dish for some reason. And it's because I like the bitterness to it. it like it adds the texture. So like when my mom like makes um pinak bet, and then there's paya um. Uh, eggplant, otarong, and any uh, any anything that she adds, I would love to eat um, bitter melon first. Oh my god, you're the first! <laughs> <laughs> I think out of all my Filipino friends, I think you're the first to say that. And that is a wrap on season two, episode four with Brunel. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode because I have. I am actually excited because after this outro, I will be adding our pre-interview conversation, getting to know who Renell is in a more kind of surface level kind of info. But so, yeah, if you guys are from Hawaii and you guys are Filipino Americans and is interested in being featured on this podcast, Please email me at m-a-c-r-i-s-t-i-n-a dot a-b-a-r-a at gmail.com. It will be on the description box. And also follow me on Instagram at Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. 
As always, maraming maraming salamat po. Isang bagsak. Um, before the interview starts, I kind of want to get to know you a little bit just to make this podcast a little bit yeah. more. Like so that at least I know you and yeah. Yeah, okay. So what do you want to know? Um, so like just reading from uh, the document, your student at UH, um, were you born in Hawaii or were you born in the Philippines? I was actually born in Japan, but I was raised here. Yeah, it's because um, my dad was in the military, so we were. I was born in Yokosuka, and then we moved here when I was like one or two. But yeah, I basically grew up here. I'm a Filipino. <laughs> oh, I I honestly didn't know that. I thought you were like. I didn't know you were a military kid. It didn't show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't seem like the type to be a military kid. I'm like the dead opposite of a military kid. I'm very. Rude, I guess you could say. No, because um, it's funny because um, I actually interviewed someone and she was also born in Japan. So you're the second person so far. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, what else should I know about you? I don't know. Feel free to tell me about yourself. Like, introduce yourself. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, I'll just give you like a rundown, basically like some of the stuff in my bio. So um, I'm a poli-sci major. I was majoring in Filipino, but then I ended up dropping it. Or like, I think I switched it down to a minor. I didn't really like decide that part yet. Because I, I have a full-time job at the same time. So I go between school and work. I work at the, um, I work at the state capitol for one of the state reps. So that's how I knew about the whole protest thing. They were like right up in my office. Um, let's see. Um, I want to pursue law. Um, I think, okay, let's see some stuff relevant to like Filipino stuff. Uh, I guess like in high school, um, I was a president of our Phil Am club. We did like, you know, just like Phil Am things, like just hang out, talk story. And we did like cultural dances too, so like we did Timmy Lane. Um, what's the other one called? Abarulai, you know the lion dance thing? We did that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there's like two names for it, but I know it as Aburudai, if I'm even saying it correctly. <laughs> I, I think yeah, you're fine, yeah. Oh, uh, wait. Did you go to yeah, high school like, here? Like, yeah, I went, I went to Kapolei. Oh. So, like, literally down the street. Yeah, so I, I've been in Kapolei, like, majority of my life. Right? All I the didn't know they had a Phil Am club. I'm... Yeah, we're really on the DL. Where did you go? I went to Campbell. Campbell. Oh yeah, no, you guys had a huge Phil Am club. Like, did you guys? Did you ever go to Sadilin Gawat, that Filipino club thing, or that Filipino camp retreat? I don't know if you guys. I swear there was oh. a Campbell delegation. In Campbell, honestly, I'm. I don't think Campbell had a really big film club either. Whenever I would really? hear, yeah, I would. Whenever I heard film club, I would be kind of. I kind of used to associate it with like people in the ESL. So those who came from the <laughs> Philippines. No, I'm like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I feel so bad for saying it, but it's like whenever I would see it, like people would kind of associate with that. So I honestly in high school I wasn't really as involved in my culture. I was more in the student uh... council side. 
leadership um, planning oh, events. Good. Yeah, that's good. a lot of pressure. I didn't start this until college, like my culture. Oh, really? oh yeah. So, what was the reason you started this? The reason why I started this, um, it started my third year of my undergraduate year. So I was like, I was so into podcasts. I'd been listening, and there was this opportunity. My, I think, it was IP360. Kuya Darren um, asked um, for for the final project. If you guys want to do a podcast, you can. It was kind of like thrown to the side, so we just did an essay. But that idea came to my at the back of my mind, and it's not mm-hmm. until I think it was it was this year. I was planning the January. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start it. And at first, I didn't know how to do it, so I was just testing the waters. I just did the podcast, introducing myself and all. And then from there, I rolled into like asking one of my my friends in Ilocano, and I was like, hey, do you wanna start? Do you wanna be in the episode with me? I was like, oh sure. And then that started with like two other friends that came along. And so we did a podcast after class, and this is break. Oh, that's now. cool. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of like a Filipino, Filipino uh, podcast. But like the only podcast I know are like just political stuff. But it's good to branch out. So yeah, mm-hmm. I want to follow your. Are you on like where do you podcast on? 